lift each other up in times of sorrow, in times of need. We can be there for each other. And uh, that's what this song is talking about. It says, you know, when, you're, when you are afraid or when you're alone, you're not, you don't have to be lonely. Uh, if you feel afraid, you're not the only one who feels afraid. We're all in this together. I love that. And, uh, and then, of course, it talks about uh, the blessed, blessed are they who suffer, for theirs is the kingdom of God. But you're not in this, you're not in this alone. Let's stand up and let's just sing this song together. All the people said amen. You are not alone if you are lonely when you feel afraid you're not the only we are all the same in need of mercy to be forgiven and be free it's all you got to lean on so thank god it's all you need and all the people said amen oh Well, it don't matter, we got strong, you know love is what we're after. We're all broken, but we're all in this together. God knows we stumble and fall. And he so loved the world, he sent his son to save us all. And all the people said amen. Whoa. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit who are torn apart. Blessed are the persecuted and the pure in heart. Blessed are the poor hungry for another's time. And this is the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Come on, here we go. And all the people say amen. Fill it with harmony. Well, good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church and those tuning in on Facebook. We're glad you're here with us. And if you're a guest this morning, we're so glad that you're here. We'd love to get to know your name. And one of the ways that we can do that is through the guest card that's right in front of you. If you could take that and fill it out for us after our service, just run by the Welcome Center, drop that off. We have a gift for you coming and being a part of worship with us this morning. So 
Todd, we're going to jump back into you guys here in just a second. But I I'm glad you, you're here today. I'm so glad you're here as well. I just love this you guy. Know, any of the, the best, I love Jake. Come on, give Jake a hand. Yeah, yeah, give him a hand. Yeah, woo, Jake's the up. All right, take it away there. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate that. So where I was going is that uh, we're just going to take a moment to pray and we continue worshiping together, if that's, if that's okay with you, Todd. Yeah, that's good. All right, great. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, I thank you, as Todd was saying, for a church family uh, that supports you and lifts you up and is there for you. And uh, Father, right now we just want to be reminded of those who are not here with us, who are not gathered with us, who do not have a church family like this. Father, would it burden our hearts right now as we gather to think about them? And Father, right now, even as we begin to worship, would we just call out their names to you? Would you hear that from us, Father, as we ask? And Lord, as we do gather this morning, Lord, we want to bless your name. We want to bless your heart as we praise you and thank you for taking our place and rising again. We ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You know, I was thinking about uh, this song actually was uh, like the number one song that came out of uh, what the Passion 2017. Uh, Passion is a, a big conference, uh, worship conference. And how many, anybody ever been to like Passion or uh, Strength to Stand or anybody ever been to one of those big music conferences or worship conferences like that? Have you ever noticed just how exciting it is and, and like everybody's singing and you get chills down the back of your neck and it's just, and you think, man, why can't worship be like this all the time, you know? And then I got to thinking about why is it, you know, that we don't, and, I, and I, it, it dawned on me, well, first of all, you know, when you go to these conferences, you know, you know, you, you, you set aside time, you, you pay the money to go to whatever thing you've gone to, and you get in the bus or get in the car, and you drive over there, and you get a hotel, and you get out, and you, and you go in, and you go in, what are you doing? You're going in expecting something, aren't you? You know, you just put out a lot of effort to go to this thing, and you come expecting. And I thought, I think maybe that's why sometimes we don't, we don't feel that same kind of excitement on a Sunday morning, is because... Sometimes we don't come expecting. You know, what are you expecting this morning? You know, uh, so many times we come out of habit, and I'm that way. We're all that way. You know, you get in your weekly routine. But this morning, I tell you, I'm, I've got something to think that you're going to be excited about, and that is that if you've been saved, then you have a lot to be thankful for. When we were dead in our sins, when we were lost and without him, he came and ripped us from the, the, the hands of death and, and loss and hell. And so for that, we can sing. This morning, I want you to stand, and I want you to sing to the top of your lungs. And let's have a, a great moment in, in Christ where we celebrate him. Uh, let's sing together. Here we go. You called my name. And I ran out of that grave. Yeah, come on. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Yeah, you called my name. And I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into
to your glorious day. Yeah. All right, church, you ready? Here we go. Come on.
Christbull. I don't know if you're, what, maybe you're going through something this morning, but praising the Lord can turn away depression, fear. So let's just praise Him this morning. Listen, let's sing this together. Here we go. Even now, I can see darkness is fading. You feel it fading away? Walls of fear, brick by brick, will come down. Just lift him up. Your light will shine, lifting me out of the shadows. Here and now, I know where my breakthrough is found. Make this your declaration. I'm gonna sing my way out of the valley. I'm gonna shout my way up to the mountain. I'm gonna hold up the truth of your promise. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna push through till every light crumbles. I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain. I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna praise your name. morning. Turn away that fear. Turn away that depression by praising his name. Cast 
at the feet of Jesus. Fear and depression, shame and confusion. You have to bow, oh, you have to bow. All this of things that demand my attention. You have to bow, oh, you have to bow. I'm gonna sing my way out of the mountain. I'm gonna shout my way up to the mountain. Take hold of the truth of your promise. So I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna come on, church. Oh, I'm gonna push through till every life crumbles. I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain. I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna shout my way up to the mountain. I will take hold of the truth of your promise. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna dance. I'm gonna push through till every life crumbles. I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain. I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father. I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise your name. I'm gonna praise Oh Lord, we do come before you this morning just praising your name, giving you glory because the glory belongs to you, Lord. We know that, uh, that you've told us that you know, a happy heart turns away grief and sorrow and bitterness. And so, Lord, we want to come before you with praise and uh, knowing that if we trust that promise that you've given us, that you'll, that you'll get us through those tough times, through the fear, through the depression, Lord, we thank you for hearing our calls this morning, hearing our hearts and hearing our song. Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll be with Dr. Cox this morning and just fill his mouth with your words. And I pray even more than anything that you'll just touch our hearts with your message this morning. And, and so often that's different for each one of us. You just preach to us, Lord, this morning. Talk to our hearts and help us to come to know you in a bigger and better way. We praise you in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good to see you today. Great to worship with you. Beautiful day God has given us and, and how so much we have to thank him for. I'm sharing a series of sermons on the life of Abraham. We're in the book of Genesis. And the theme of this series is that God acts. God does stuff in our lives. And our goal in this series is that we learn to discern to recognize how God might be acting in our lives by seeing how he acted in Abraham's life and that we might respond to God's activity. And so the big idea today is, the theme today is that the activity of God is he tells us what he's going to do. God reveals his will and ways to his people so that we might be involved and cooperate with him in intercessory prayer. 
So let me catch you up. If you're new with us, so glad you're here. The story of Abraham begins when God calls Abraham and his wife Sarah to leave their home in Ur and go to a new land. And God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to multiply your descendants. I'm going to bless you and bless the world through you. The problem was they didn't have any children. And that was, he was 75 years old when he came to the promised land, and God made that promise. And now 24 years have passed. He's 99 years old. And so God, whose timing is always perfect, even when it seems slow to us, comes to visit Abraham and Sarah in the form of three men, the Lord and two angels, come to visit Abraham and Sarah. And we saw last week in the beginning of chapter 18 of Genesis that God said to them, you're going to have a baby about this time next year. When you're 100, Abraham, when Sarah is 90, you're going to have a baby. I'm going to fulfill the promise. I'm going to begin your lineage. Well, that visit is over now where we pick up this morning. And the Lord and the two angels are getting up, ready to leave. And that's where we pick up the story in uh, Genesis chapter 18, verse 16. When the men... That is the Lord and two angels who have appeared in the form of humans. When the men got up to leave, they looked down toward Sodom from the hill country of Judea where Abram was in uh, Mamre at Hebron, about 20 miles down into the Dead Sea Valley below sea level. You can almost see Sodom and they looked down toward Sodom where Lot lived in the plain. And Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. He's going to see them off. These three are walking away. And then it says, verse 17, The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he'll direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. So God stops and he says to these these two angels, I'm going to let Abraham in on what we're about to do. I'm going to reveal my will to him. And what he is doing here, what we're about to see is, God is creating space by telling him for Abraham to be involved. He's opening the door for Abraham to intercede. Here's the activity of God. He reveals what his plans are to us, his people, because he wants us to be involved in his work through prayer. That's what we're seeing here. And so... Here's how he reveals what he's about to do. Verse 20. The Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin is so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they've done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Now, this is using human language. He's in the form of man, so it's using human language to describe God. If you read this, it sort of sounds like God says, I don't really know what's going on down there. I'm going to go down there and see what's going on. Well, that's not exactly what it is. God knows everything. But in this human language, God is going to visit to confirm the outcry because God hears everything. He knows every sin, and the outcry of, of suffering has come to him. And God is going to confirm that. So this going down and visit, when God goes down to visit, he either goes down to visit to judge in the Bible or he goes down to save. Well, here he's going down to judge. And he's going, he is saying to Abraham, I'm going to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to judge them because of their sin. So verse 22, the men turned away and went toward Sodom. 
That's the two angels. We're gonna, they'll be identified in chapter 19 when we get to it. It's two angels. The men went, turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Or some manuscripts say the Lord remained standing before Abraham. He's inviting. He's waiting for Abraham. He's given him this opportunity to intercede. And so in verse 23, Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? So Abraham is pleading with the Lord not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah on behalf of a righteous minority who might be in the city. So we learn some things of intercessory prayer. This is intercessory prayer. And I want to share with you five principles of intercessory prayer from Abraham's example here. First of all, Abraham, uh, intercessory prayer is based on the knowledge that people are headed for destruction. So God reveals I'm going to destroy them, and Abraham intercedes for those who are headed to destruction. Now, I would say to you that God has revealed to us that people were headed for destruction. We don't know the exact timing, the details like Abraham did, but we know that God is, there is coming a day of judgment. We know Jesus is coming back again. We know that God is going to, to end the opportunity to repent. And so because of that, that's the basis for intercessory prayer. When, do you really believe there's a hell? Do you really believe that people are headed for destruction? If you really believe that, it will cause you to pray for people because that's the basis of intercessory prayer. Second thing we learn about intercessory prayer here is that intercessory prayer rises from a concern for other people. It rises from a concern for other people because Abraham wasn't threatened in this. God didn't say, I'm going to destroy Canaan, Hebron, where he lived. He said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham could have said, whew, that's not me. Okay, that's all right with me. But he had a concern. His nephew Lot was there, and he cared. He cared for those beyond himself, and that's the basis of intercessory prayer. Do you care about other people? Do you have a concern for people beyond you and your own little circle? If you do, that's what will give birth to a life of praying for other people, of intercessory prayer. It rises from a concern for other people. The third principle of intercessory prayer I'd share with you here is intercessory prayer must align with the character of God. It must align with the character of God. And so praying is not talking, trying to talk God into something he doesn't want to do. Intercessory prayer is praying in line with the purposes and the will of God. He invites us to join him in the direction that he's going and what he wants to do. Let me show it to you in verses 24 and 25 here. Abraham says, what if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people? Far be it for you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will, you not, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I'll spare the whole place for their sake. Do you hear how Abraham is effectively praying here? He's appealing to the character of God. He's appealing to the fairness and the righteousness of God. God, it wouldn't be fair to destroy the whole city if there were 50 righteous people. Would you? And he's appealing to the mercy of God. Would you, God, please spare this city if 50 righteous people can be there? So when, if you want to pray, you try to figure out what God's character is, what he's like, and you appeal to that. You're not going to talk God into something he doesn't want to do, but when you know the will and the purposes and the direction of God, you join him in that direction, and 
Abraham knew that God is fair. He's just above all others. And he's compassionate and loving above all others. And in the basis of his justice and compassion, he appeals to God. Fourth intercessory prayer approaches God with boldness and humility. With boldness, but also humility. Look at verse 27 and following. The Lord, then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes. Do you hear the combination there of boldness and humility? Uh, Abraham is, is going to try to bring God down from 50 to 45. And, and, he's say, and he's bold. He's praying a big prayer, but he is humble. I, I, some people pray and they, they think that if they're just really demanding and really just state it and name it, that it's going to be so that it has to be. I, I don't get that from Abraham. There is a boldness. He's praying big prayers, but there's a humility. I am I'm nothing but dust and ashes. He says in verse 28, What if the number of the peat righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five people? If, 45, if, if I find 45 there, God said, I will not destroy it. The fifth and final principle I want to share with you about intercessory prayers, the intercessory prayer is cloaked in mystery. It's cloaked in mystery. That is, I can't explain it all to you. And you're not fully going to understand the mystery of intercessory prayer. It's beyond and above us. Let me read this to you in verse 29 and following. Once again, Abraham spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? And God answered, if, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And Abraham said, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? And he said, for the sake of 20, I'll not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. I got a lot of questions about that. I don't understand that. Why did God let Abraham go through this? God knew how many righteous people there were there to start with, didn't he? And there's not going to be 10. Uh, why does, if, you know, the whole thing of prayer, if God's desire is to save people from destruction, what does he need us for? Intercessory prayer, I'm saying to you, is very mysterious. What do we add to the equation if God is just and compassionate and he wants to save and you've got to pray in line with the character of God? What, what does prayer do? Abraham, God already knew what, it, what is going on here. I don't have the answers to all that. I don't know why God opened the door for Abraham. I don't know why it works. But here, let me just tell you what I do know. There's a mystery about intercessory prayer and why we need to pray and why prayer works. But here's what I know. The God of the universe has designed to involve his people in his work. He invites our participation. And in fact, he will not accomplish some of his work without our praying. That's just how he's designed some things. And so God invites us to pray and to accomplish his purposes. 
Paul Bilhammer wrote a book years ago called Destined for the Throne, and he said the reason God had done it this way is that intercessory prayer is on-the-job training for us to judge angels in heaven. You know, you're going to rule with Christ in heaven, and you're gonna, gonna, we're going to uh, rule over angels. That's what the Bible says. Well, he says prayer is our apprenticeship. It's on-the-job training. The reason that God designs his work to work that way is that he is purposely involving us and getting us ready for our royal appointments in heaven. May well be so. But God, in spite of its mystery, has ordained to use intercessory prayer, praying for other people. Are you a person of that kind of prayer? I, want to, I just want to challenge you today to a life of intercessory prayer. I want to encourage you to pray, first of all, for groups of people. You see, God has revealed to us, as he did to Abraham, his purposes. And so he had Abraham here praying for a group of people, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, because God judges groups. And would you pray for groups of people to be spared just as Abraham did? First of all, for example, I, would you pray for America? I, I think if Sodom and Gomorrah deserve to be destroyed, then we do too. I, I think God's going to destroy America. I pray not. I don't think it's inevitable. But in the current course, I think God's going to destroy America. And I think that, but well, the good news is here, we learn that God will spare a big group for a righteous minority. Did you get that here? And I'm praying, God, that the people who are Christians in America will pray for our country and that God would forestall his judgment and show us mercy on behalf of that righteous remnant. That's what he says he'll do here. I think we need to pray for America. Would you commit to pray that God, God, would you just... As Abraham pled boldly but humbly, oh God, would you spare us? Would you give us another chance to repent? And then I want to share with just to suggest a second group. We have adopted the wall of people to pray for an unreached people group. Jake Dorak, our missions pastor, has led us in this way. And you know, for the past two years, we haven't been able to do anything to reach the wall of. Because of the worldwide pandemic, didn't go to Paris last year, didn't have a mission trip there this year. Uh, we just we haven't done anything. What are we doing? But we can pray. COVID cannot shut down prayer. Prayer cannot be hindered. And so I want to invite you. We've adopted this group. We don't know any of them, but they're a group of people. But when you believe these principles of intercessory prayer, they're headed for destruction. Do you believe that? And if you have a concern for people beyond yourself, would you have a concern for these people you've never met? And with boldness and humility, would you include in your prayers, God, would you have mercy on the Wallaf and allow them, as we have heard, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? That's just two groups that I want to suggest that you pray for as Abraham. But secondly, I want to ask you to pray for specific individuals to be spared from judgment. Specific individuals. And I want to invite, encourage you to have a prayer list of people that you're praying for that they might know Christ as Savior and be spared the just judgment they deserve. Do you pray for your kids? I bet you do. 
I believe that the heart of Christian parenting is intercessory prayer. Could I say that to you again? I believe that the heart of Christian parenting is intercessory prayer. You'll be frustrated in how you can't change your kids always and can't control your kids when they reach certain ages. But let me tell you, you can pray for them. And I believe that of our responsibilities as Christian parents, there's one which cannot be hindered or thwarted, and that is to pray. Pray for your kids. Pray, pray for your, your connection group. Pray. I believe the heart of Christian ministry is intercessory prayer. And if you have family and friends that don't know Jesus as Savior, would you learn from this that God reveals to us what's ahead? We know the end game, right? Just like Abraham did. And we know the end game when they may not. Sodom and Gomorrah did not know what was ahead for them. Some of your family and friends don't know. But you do. You've been given revelation. You know the word. Will you intercede on them for them to be saved on their behalf? We have an intercessory prayer ministry in our church. We, every February, we sign up, and we have, for those of you who are new, over 100 people who've committed once a week at a specific hour to pray for our church for at least 15 minutes. About 120 people this year. I just want to say a word of encouragement to those of you who are sort of halfway through that year of doing that as we do every year. I just want to say a word of encouragement to you. I believe that's one of the most important things you can do. I believe your praying is one of the most important things you can do. And I want to encourage you when you pray and you think, I'm just going through and I don't know what's happening because of this. That's the life of faith. Would you believe God that in your prayers... God deems to use intercessory prayer. Would you? I just want to encourage you. God bless you. Keep it up. Don't give up. Don't quit. I want to invite you to be a part of our Wednesday night prayer meeting. That is the meeting in our church where we focus simply on prayer. We pray in our worship, but that's when we pray. Intercessory prayer is what we do for 25 minutes from 6 to 6.25 on Wednesday evenings. I invite you to join us to pray. We have a prayer list every week. We pray for people by name. We pray for groups of people. We pray for America. We pray for the Wallaf. We invite you to join us. What's the activity of God? God gives us inside information the rest of the world does not have. That's what he did for Abraham. That's what he does for us. He's revealed in his word. We know where this thing is going for every individual and for our world. And he has done that to open the door and to create space for us to pray. I don't understand all about prayer and how it works and, and why he deemed to do it that way. But God does his work through intercessory prayer. Would you join him in that? I'm going to lead us in a time of intercessory prayer right now. I want to invite you to join. I want to invite you, if you'd like to, to come and kneel here. I'll give you time then before we sing. You can go back and sit back down. Or you can sit, or you can come and sit on the front pew or you can uh, just where you are seated. You're welcome to pray there. But I'm going to lead us in a time of intercessory prayer before we have our final song. And I want to invite you to, to join me in this time. Oh, Heavenly Father. You are just. And you are good. And we believe in you, and that you have ordained this matter of prayer.
So, oh Lord, we as a church, just a little group of people here in Manchester, Tennessee, First Baptist Church, we believe you hear us right now. The God of the universe hears us. And we're nothing but dust and ashes. But you have given us permission to come before you boldly and to join in your purposes in line with your character. So, oh Lord, first of all, we want to pray for America. Lord, I pray that you would spare America. I don't think we deserve that. But, Lord, because you are gracious, would you, would you allow us to continue? I want my kids and grandkids to, have a, to enjoy this country and the freedoms and the blessings of it. And so, oh, God, would you spare us? I pray for a great awakening in America. I pray for a turning to you. I pray for a moral awakening, a spiritual revival that can only come by the breath of your Holy Spirit sweeping across us. Lord, I want to pray for the wall of people, one of the, the tribes, one of the nations you created. We don't have anything invested in them. We could ignore them, and our lives would not be any different. But you've expressed concern for us. Others have expressed concern for us. We want to express a concern for a people we have never met. For this nation, this tribe of people called the Wallaf, we pray that even this morning, wherever they are in Paris, New York, Senegal, that there's a stirring in some hearts, that there's a Bible made available that there is the power of the Holy Spirit through dreams and visions or whatever it may be, that you would awaken and turn them to you for your glory and for their mercy. Lord, we want to pray right now for specific individuals. And I'm just going to pause. We're going to call out in our hearts, under our breath, the names of people <coughs> that we know. Now, we're not sure they, they know Jesus as Savior. And we know apart from that, they're headed for destruction. And we just call out their names and pray you'd give them another chance and you'd bring a witness to them and you'd make them miserable in their sin and you'd turn their steps and you'd show them mercy. Lord, we pray for our kids, those of us who are parents. Pray for our grandkids, those of us who are grandparents. Our hearts desire, Lord, we, we, people with adult kids, I can't tell them what to do anymore. But we can pray for them. We pray, Lord, that you'll turn their hearts to you, that they'll find their greatest joy and purpose in the center of your will in a local church, serving you with holiness and righteousness and faithfulness. We pray for kids that are just now born. We pray for their future that they'll bring glory and honor to you. Oh God, we're, we're amazed that you just let us be involved in your purposes. May we now commit ourselves to be people of prayer like Abraham. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody pray specifically for you, you're invited to do that. Let's sing together.
Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
be seated. As we close here this morning, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, you can direct your attention to the worship guide. You can see we've got three new classes of CDP uh, classes starting this Wednesday night. So you can check out the information um, about what those uh, three classes are that are going to be available. And then also just want to remind you about the church picnic that's coming up next Sunday evening. And so that'll be at uh, Fred Dedman Park. And so you can see the information for the time and, and uh, um, all that will be available there. So want to invite you to come be a part of that next Sunday. We just want to uh, invite you to be a part of our connection groups. And so this next hour, we have connection groups available for all ages. And so we'd like to invite you to be a part of that. If you're a first-time guest, as you're exiting these doors, you can head down to your left, and there's a welcome desk there, and they will point you in the right direction and help you find the class that uh, would be best for you. And, and we'd love for you to be able to connect with a smaller group of people through a connection group, and so that's a great way to be able to meet other people. As you're exiting, we do want to remind you that uh, another form of worship is just worship through giving, and so you can give of your tithes and your offerings there on the back wall in those boxes as you're exiting. Let me close this out in prayer this morning, and we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you that we can come to you in prayer and that we can call out to you and, and pray uh, just to praise you and pray to ask for needs and pray for the, um, behalf of other people. Father, uh, we just want to stop and just say thank you that you're for us, as we just sang. God, in all that we go through in life and the, the struggles that we face and the trials, the temptations, God, you are for us in all of those things. And it's just a good reminder to, to hear that in your word, to see it, to sing it, and to know it and believe it. God, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And all the people said amen. Whoa, oh, oh, and all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord for His love never ends. And all the people said amen. Yeah, and all the people said amen. Whoa, oh, and all the people said amen. Setting me